Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Dragon in Chains, the sequel to Miranda's Dragon, written by Tony V. Sweeney. Xander Taludi is dead, and his brother Zane has called a halt to the feud with the Andresses. As the two clans attempt to return to peacetime, it appears happily ever after is in store for everyone. Kit openly declares his love for Miranda. Nikki and Ardala prepare for their long-wished-for wedding, and other secret romances are now revealed. Nevertheless, Dominic's plans to transform his family into law-abiding citizens are thwarted when the Gataean police invade the house of Andrus and old nemesis Detective Saren Sanubis arrest Dom, Kit, and Nikki. In the clutches of an alien justice system where a man is guilty until proven otherwise, Miranda finds herself the prosecution's chief witness in a trial where the truth may convict the man she loves of a crime he didn't commit and only a miracle, or a long-hidden secret, can save him. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Dragon in Chains. Chapter 1 if you're the rose, Randa, then I'm the dragon. Kit's green eyes stared into hers as he lifted her fingers and kissed them. And this dragon loves you very, very much. Miranda was smiling as she came completely awake. Yawning, she flung both arms outward, one hand striking cool, firm flesh that reacted by pressing against her open palm. Strong arms encircled her waist. She opened her eyes and stared directly into Kit's. Good morning, lovely lady. He sounded much too chipper for someone just awakened, with none of that barely conscious laziness. The horse edges in Kitten Andrus's voice were natural and so sexy, it gave Miranda inner shivers, especially when hearing it after coming out of such an arousing dream. Morning. She mumbled, before asking suspiciously, How long have you been awake? Couple of hours, I suppose. His reply was careless as he brushed tousled blonde hair back from her forehead. Long enough to give me plenty of time to lie here and watch you sleep. Mmm, tasty sight. Oh, please. She looked away, embarrassed at the affection behind the words, despite his ironic tone. I'm sure it was a pleasure. Me, lying here with my mouth wide open. Snoring. Drooling. True, but it was a very ladylike little snore, he corrected, eyes twinkling. As for the drooling, only a drop or two. He caught her by the shoulder, turning her to face him again, and kissed her. Good morning, Randa, my darling. Miranda didn't move. Having Kit openly express his love for her was so new it still shocked her. Every time it happened, which was becoming more and more frequently, she was startled into immobility with the surprise of it, as well as that sudden flood of warm, devastating love it always brought with it. They say there's someone for everyone, but I had to come to another planet to find mine. I still can't believe this man loves me. The moment was broken as she put her arms around his neck and returned the kiss, snuggling closer to him, resting her head against his chest, 
His skin was cool, body temperature lower than a Terran's. His heartbeat, though loud and clear against her ear and faster than her own, came from the right side of that broad, curly-haired chest. My darling, darling extraterrestrial. You were smiling. Her own private E.T. began. I was dreaming, she told him and smiled again. About what? Uh-uh, that'd be telling. She twisted around to look up at him, grinning. Maybe I don't want you to know my dreams. That's pretty personal, you know. Oh? He raised one dark brow inquisitively. I might have been dreaming about my secret lover. Hmm. Both brows dipped into a black V over those green eyes. Is that supposed to make me jealous? Of someone lurking only in your brain? At least I hope that's the only place he's lurking. None of your business. Besides, what I do in my dreams is for me to know and for you to never find out, mister. Pretending insult, she rolled away from him. Right. Dreams are a mass of psychological and libidinous signs and symbols, or so I've been told. No doubt laden with countless hidden Terran sexual desires. He laughed and leered dramatically. Hmm, sounds like fun. Once more, she was captured and drawn back to lie against him. Warm flesh against cool. A Gatean man in love became stimulated quite easily. The intensity with which Kit could become aroused was still a bit of a shock, as she was reminded when his chest pressed against her bare back and a stiff ridge of flesh lower down. All right, Mr. Smarty. Go ahead. Tell me what I dreamed, she dared him, sliding her hand down his thigh to the back of his knee. He obligingly lifted his leg, allowing her to drape it over her own. She shivered as that cool limb fitted itself across her hip. If you think you can. No problem, my dear. You were, he hesitated, frowning in thought, then cupped her breasts, gently caressing them as he went on. I think you were dreaming not about some faceless made-up lover. No, you were dreaming about us. A lucky guess. Miranda snorted, a very unladylike little sound, and wriggled against his hand. Um, that feels good. She clamped her thighs together, trapping his ankle and foot between them. So does that. His heel pressed upward against her warmth. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, and I told you how much I loved you. What else is new? That's hardly a surprise, since you do it at least half a dozen times a day at last count. She pulled away to look up at him, becoming serious. You did tell me you loved me, kid. And it was beautiful. Glad I'm so eloquent. He slid a hand from her breast to touch her cheek. In your dreams, at least. Hush, you said, if you're the- If you're the rose, then I'm- the dragon, he interrupted, and went on as she stared at him, mouth open. And this dragon loves you very, very much. That's exactly what you said. How did you know? 
That's for me to know and you to try to find out. Kit let his mouth curve slightly as he parroted her words back at her. I knew it. You can read my mind. As always happened when it was pointed out to Miranda how little she really knew about Gataeans, she felt a slight wiggle of fear deep in the pit of her stomach. Tell the truth, Kit. Do you actually possess ESP and never bother telling me? Miranda, will you stop that? Irritation crept into his voice. I've told you before, Gataeans are no different from Terrans. He smirked slightly, adding, not much, anyway, except where it counts. He flicked a glance downward as he spoke, then looked up at her. We don't possess superpowers and we can't read minds. Then how did you know? Another lucky guess? She was still suspicious. He shook his head. You also talk in your sleep, my darling. Quite loudly and very clearly. You listened? One hand went to her mouth, a flush creeping over her cheeks. I hope I haven't said anything incriminating. How incriminating could it be? He didn't wait for an answer. While you may have had boyfriends on Earth, I'm well aware none of those lecherous Terrans ever. What's that phrase? Got to first base with you, my dear? Except yours truly. Pardon me while I puff my chest with pride. He leaned back to do that, taking a deep breath and making the dark furred flesh broaden even more. Don't be embarrassed, Kit went on. I'm flattered, and I wish I'd thought of saying it to you on my own because it's true. You are the Rose of the House of Andrus, just as I'm its guardian dragon. And this dragon does truly, truly love you. At that point, he kissed her again. Since it involved rolling her over and pressing her into the bed while his tongue did some gentle exploring, it took several minutes. This is getting too complicated for this early in the morning, Miranda mumbled when they came up for air. His smile widened. History lesson, sweetness. Gotta keep you well-schooled on the family background. Originally, the head of security was called the Great Dragon and Shades of the Ku Klux Klan. Miranda muttered, are you kidding me? What? Kit's frown showed he didn't understand the reference. Obviously, that little bit of Terran history managed to slip by him. Oh, nothing. You were saying, and... And the Rose was his wife or his female companion. I see. She tried to look offended and failed. So, now I'm relegated to being a female companion, am I? There's no other female I'd wish to accompany me. I'm tired of this conversation. Let's do some more Gatan fooling around, shall we? She wrapped her hands in Kit's hair, pulling his head down. He gave her another kiss, one Miranda wholeheartedly returned. It threatened to turn into something much more involved as Kit's hands slid from her shoulders down her back to the curve of her hips. Miranda relaxed and waited for nature to take its course. Nature got thwarted as she got a gentle slap on one buttock and Kit pulled away, leaving her lying there, lips still pursed. Enough of this dally-dillying. That's dilly-dallying, she corrected. Although Kit prided himself on his knowledge of Earth English and its idioms, 
On a rare occasion, he got them wrong. Whichever. A shrug of broad shoulders brushed aside his error. I'm afraid I've more important things to do this morning than lie abed with a woman I love and, uh, make out. Throwing back the sheets, he slid his legs over the edge of the bed and stood up. Zane Taludi's coming to the house today. Zane Taludi. Miranda went cold, remembering how Zane's twin, Xander, former lord of the house of Taludi and a total lunatic, had kidnapped her and her three young charges in an attempt to lure Kit into a trap where he could murder him. All Xander succeeded in doing was getting himself killed, and with his very excruciating demise, ending the war raging between his family and Kit's for nearly six years. With his brother dead, Zane became the new lord, immediately expressing a desire for the killing to stop. And now he was coming to the house of Andrus. Why is he coming here? She hoped her voice didn't tremble as she asked. There are screens of affidavits for him to sign so he can legally accept leadership of his house until Adrian's old enough to take over. Adrian Andrus was one of the children Miranda had been hired to nanny and the innocent cause of the war. In his will, Adrian's grandfather left leadership of the House of Taludi to his grandson's guardian. Since Adrian's mother died after she divorced his father, Xander relinquished the boy and his two siblings back to Dominic Andrus. When he realized he'd given away his lordship, he tried to regain custody of his nephew, and the bloody and deadly six-year war between the two houses was the result. Miranda shivered. What is the matter? Kit turned toward her. Nothing. I was just remembering. Before she could finish, he was at the bed again, putting his arms around her. She huddled against him, pressing her face against his chest. It's over now, Randa. You know Zane's nothing like Xander. He wants what we've wanted all along. Peace. Kit. Her voice was muffled against his skin. What is it, sweet? His voice held a deliberate patience, as if he realized she was still remembering what had happened. Kit did also. All the needless deaths, his own wounds, how he'd nearly lost his children, as well as the woman he loved. Can we really trust Zane? Of course we can. He spoke in a tone he might have used with one of the children, but he couldn't help it. In that moment, she sounded so afraid. If we couldn't, Dominic wouldn't let him within 50 meters of the house. He released her and went to the closet, waving a hand over the silver censer set into the wall. As the door slid open, Kit busied himself selecting clothing for the day while Miranda stayed in the bed and entertained herself by watching the man she loved move about the room. Her eyes took in the graceful flexing of the broad shoulders as he bent over the dresser, his slim waist, and all the goodies below it. He disappeared into the bathroom. In a few seconds, she heard the sound of running water. That gave her some time to once again revel in the total wonder of it all. Here I lie, Miranda Wilson, alien abductee, 
in the bed of the man who's been my lover for... She raised her head and glanced at the little mother of pearl plated clock on the bedside table. Its glowing digital face marking the 26 hours of the Gatayan day. Exactly two months, four days, two hours, and 26 minutes. She'd met the man with the unlikely name of Kitten a year earlier in New York, when his brother Dominic hired her as nanny and tutor for his triplets. Miranda still wondered exactly what made Dom select her out of all the young women he'd interviewed. Dom himself supplied the answer when he later confessed he fell in love with her that day. Since he wasn't the type allowing his emotions to govern his actions, she was certain there was more to it than that. Whatever the reason, she'd been ignorant of the nature of her employer's business. From the very beginning, however, she realized his younger brother was the man she'd love forever. And he loved her, though he refused to admit it. Kit's reticence was partly because of that damned, yes, damned, Miranda thought rebelliously, edict of isolationism the Emirant Empire had passed. The law forbade the inhabitants of the six planets under its rule from having any form of relationship with someone from another galaxy. The other part was more personal. The last woman he'd loved, his wife, Sintis, died bearing his child. And he'd sworn never to lose another woman in that way. Nevertheless, her handsome dragon came charging to her rescue when Xander kidnapped her. After the Taludi crime lord's death, Kit brought her back to the house of Andrus and opened his heart. We can't get married, you know that. And that's not what I want for you. I've always been a marriage or nothing man. But now I'm faced with something I can't change, and... I love you, Miranda, so much I'm willing to give up what I hold as a most serious ethic. Will you stay with me? Live with me? Be my wife in everything but name? Even now, she remembered that scene as if it had just happened. Being carried to the same bed, laid gently upon it. Kit urgently whispering those impassioned words as he lay beside her. Miranda rolled over, hugging herself in happiness as she thought of that first lovemaking. Wouldn't the National Enquirer love to get its newsprint on a story like that? I was seduced by an alien godfather. No seduction. I wanted it as much as he did. Besides, Kit isn't a godfather. He's merely the head of his brother's hit squad. Correction, security department. Dominic himself, distant, handsome, autocratic Dom, was the interplanetary Don, Miranda's boss, though her relationship with his brother made that title now a nominal one. He was also father of the three rambunctious youngsters waiting in their suite to be escorted to the classroom. Snuggling against the pillows, she closed her eyes and let the sound of the shower lull her back to sleep. It bore an uncanny resemblance to the gentle gurgling of a miniature waterfall. Footsteps sounded near the bed, and she was bounced out of her doze as the covers were jerked back and she was pulled into a sitting position. Come on, sleeping princess, get up. You've things to do today. That's sleeping beauty, she corrected reluctantly opening one eye. What she saw was a delicious sight. Kit's hair was still wet, 
black and glossy with water droplets falling from it and spotting the coverlet. Through the damp strands, the emerald stud in his left earlobe sent out green sparkles as he leaned over her. On Gataeus, its sleeping princess, a lovely fairy tale, by the way, has a dragon in it, too. I'll tell it to you sometime. He tied a towel around his waist. Now he pulled it away and dropped it on a chair as he reached for the briefest pair of briefs she'd ever seen and began to dress. I think I know the story already, she murmured, yawning and stretching. Yes, I do have a lot to do today. This is finals day for the trips, darn it. The Gatayan year was divided into 15 months, and at the end of each quarter, all school children, even those home-tutored as the Andrus triplets were, had to be tested on all the subjects taught. Kit pulled on his shirt, pressing the fabric together. It adhered to itself without creating a seam as it molded to the contours of his chest. Miranda took a deep breath. She liked that chest, though it looked even better without the shirt. She wanted to lie against it, taste it, enjoy the way Kit's hair tickled her nose when she... Stop it, Miranda. Why darn it? Unaware of her thoughts, Kit was serious. If they're taking tests, you'll have the rest of the afternoon free. Oh, you think? She slid from the bed and crossed the space between them. Standing behind Kit, she slipped her arms around his neck. Hampered as he was by her embrace, he struggled to continue dressing. They have six screens of tests, meaning I'll have to correct 18 screens of written material, and you know how badly Paris spells. Besides, the school board requires the tests be hand-scored and in their possession within 52 hours. It'll take me the rest of the afternoon, part of tonight, and a bit of tomorrow. She planted a quick kiss on his neck just under his right ear then began to nibble toward his collar. Don't let it interfere with lunch. Dressed in spite of Miranda's efforts to distract him, Kit forced himself to ignore those damnably arousing little kisses. Arousing in the wrong places, he thought, as he pressed a hand against his crotch, telling his other brain to relax. We're dining with Dom today, remember? With the tap of his forefinger to the tip of her nose and a quick brush of his lips across her forehead, he was gone. As he went out the door, he caught at the shoulder holster lying in a nearby chair, shrugging into it as the door slid shut. Why does he have to wear that thing now, if the war's really over? Miranda knew the answer. There were other dangers besides those the Taludis had posed. As head of security for the House of Andrus, that sounded so much better than head hitman and in charge of all the bodyguards for the house. Kit had to be armed at all times. Don't think about it, she ordered herself. Kit had said Dom wanted to turn the family legitimate, to get rid of their illegal holdings, so there would be nothing the police could use against them. Then, they'd never have to fear arrest. She was going to believe that, until either Kit or Dom told her otherwise. After all, Dom had already sold off the family's smuggling franchise in Tice, and that was a definite start. With an unsteady shiver, Miranda walked into the bathroom. It was still hot and steamy from Kit's shower. She stood in the black-tiled room, 
breathing in the warm, damp air. Remembering her first experience with a Gatayan bathroom shortly after she'd arrived at Kit's home on the moon Kadur. It had taken her 20 minutes to figure out which of the metal discs set into the sink's rim activated the hot and cold water. It didn't take anywhere near that long this time. She simply activated the shower and the soap sensor and dashed into it and out the other side. Kind of like running through a sudsy lawn sprinkler, she thought. Emerging cleansed and rinsed, she was soon back in the bedroom, humming to herself as she blotted her damp skin with a soft, sheet-sized towel, and then dressed in a clingy pink Gatayan gown. As she left the room, she glanced back at the rumpled bed. Momentarily, she considered going back to smooth it, then reminded herself Lord Dom had plenty of housemaids, and she mustn't cheat one out of earning her pay. With a satisfied sigh, Miranda Wilson, displaced earthling who was having the adventure of her life, walked out. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Dragon in Chains. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.